Patience is key. You are in this for the long run. Because if you're listening to this, you're not a one-hit wonder. You're not just looking to run one half marathon. You're not just looking to run one marathon. You're not just looking to run one 5K, right? You're in this to actually have a healthier life and to be able to run so you can feel good about yourself again. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Good evening, healthy runners. It is Monday night, which means it's Monday Night Spark Live, and we are talking about, in tonight's episode, the fastest half marathon in four-year strategy. So it has been eight days now since my fall half marathon, which was the virtual Hartford Half Marathon that I ran with our team of healthy runners. Uh, We met up on the Rails to Trails uh, trail right here in my hometown of Cheshire, Connecticut, And we just did our half marathon a little over a week ago. So in tonight's live, I'm going to be sharing with you the 10 major takeaways from improving my speed and staying healthy through COVID. So these 10 actionable strategies you can implement as a runner to continue moving forward in your running fitness so you can feel good about yourself again even though winter is coming and we still have a pandemic. So for those of you who are jumping on here on the live and you're wondering what I'm wearing, we are starting the celebrations four hours early, spending my last couple of hours together as a 40-year-old. So tomorrow is my birthday. So I figured it was close enough to our Monday Night Spark Live. So why not celebrate with my Healthy Runner crew. So those of you who are jumping here on the live, just type in live into the comment box. Let me know you made it. My apologies for jumping on here a little late. I've had multiple technical difficulties. Uh, I've been trying to get on here and I really couldn't. So I'm hoping the connection is gonna stay for this live today and we'll be able to get everything out of it. But let me know who is here and I can give you a shout out. And if you caught the replay of this video, first off, Thank you so much for catching the replay. I hope these strategies and tips can help you as a runner improve in whatever running goal that you have so you are able to hit your running goals. So I do see that Rachel's here on the live. What's going on, Rachel? How are you? Let me know if you can hear me okay. I got some different mics. Uh, Lou is here. Hey, what's up, Lou? Thank you very much, buddy. I appreciate it. Liz, how are you? Thank you for jumping on here. Awesome. I'm glad you guys are here. And Kat is here. So thanks for jumping on here. I'm glad you guys are here. We got a little different setup. So we're going to see how this goes. And hopefully you can hear me okay. And hopefully we can get through everything that I had planned on for tonight. So I'm celebrating. Thank you so much, Liz. Thanks for the happy birthday wishes. Woohoo! Got my little tie on here. So 
All good on your end. Awesome. Thank you for letting me know, Rachel. I greatly appreciate it. So as we go on today, guys, if you're here in the live, drop your questions, comments for clarification, or really any of your running questions in the comment box below. And those of you watching the replay, same thing. I will go through all of your comments. I do get notified. I will respond to your question, even if you're watching this the next day, the next week, or six months from now. Because you may be new to our group and you didn't realize that you can go in the topics tab and hit that topics tab. You will find literally every single week's Monday Night Spark Live in-depth training right in our Monday Night Spark tab. So you can always go back and watch previous ones. If you've saw any of the recent ones, you're not like, oh, this seems pretty interesting. Maybe this will help me. Let me see other topics that have been done in the past. You will see all those topics. Hit the topics tab. Monday Night Spark. You can get them all. And Cameron, what's going on? Thank you for jumping on here. I appreciate it. Cheryl's here on the live. Thank you, guys. So I'm going to start with my little dynamic warm-up. So for those of you who don't know who I am and you're new to the Healthy Runner community, we just had 10 new runners, 10 new winners hop in the community today, actually. So if you guys are new and you're not sure who in the heck is this quack with a tie on, celebrating his birthday. I am Dr. Dwayne Scotty. I'm a physical therapist. I'm a running coach, and I'm also the owner and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. So this live is a little different, honestly, than most of the trainings that we have and most of the interviews. We're going back to interview style for next week. So I'll tell you about that guest. If you stick around long enough, I will kind of give you a little teaser on what we have for next week. It's going to be a pretty awesome interview. I'm super pumped, super excited about it. And Ashley, thank you so much for joining the live. Welcome. So thank you for joining this live. All right. So essentially... What I want to do is really open with my why. So why am I doing this? The reason why I'm doing this is because in previous topics, it's either been common questions that you guys have asked when you joined our Healthy Runner community, and there's been nutrition questions, there's been how do I prepare for a race questions, how do I get stronger, how do I get rid of my hamstring pain, those types of questions, and we've created content for you and I've done in-depth trainings, whether it was myself personally or I brought on an expert to do that. The other thing that we also do is bring on interesting running stories and or certain service-based projects, certain things that we can help out our fellow runners within our community. So kind of certain either services, products, or really any type of um, cause that's out there that can be beneficial for other runners to know about to support those in our community. So that is, I feel like we have the podcast as a platform, so I'm happy to bring on anyone to talk about some of their causes, and that's what we're going to be talking about for next week, actually. So why do I want to talk about this, and why do I think it's important to reflect on this moment is because as I am an aging runner... As I'm turning another year older here, getting to 41, and now I'm in the 40s category when I do run races, not the 30s anymore uh, this past year. So this is my first year uh, running races in the 40s. As we get older, things change, right? So the physiologic changes with aging are real. So they are real. So like in PT school, I actually took a class called um, the biology of aging. 
and we learned about all the age-related changes that happens that's normal with the normal aging process. Unfortunately, as we age, it does get harder to stay healthy as a runner, and hence, that is the whole reason why I created the podcast and this Facebook community was because if you're a runner in your 40s and 50s and you've had these stubborn aches and pains all along, right, is there a better way to run and be able to enjoy and continue doing what you love as you age? So as I turn another year older, I think back and say, okay, how did this year of running go? This 2020 year has been crazy and chaotic, right? It, we've had a pandemic, right? There's been a lot going on. We've had no in-person races until like now things are starting to kind of um, open up a little bit in certain areas of the country. But I was very surprised, honestly, in my performance last week that I was able to run four minutes faster um, than my previous half marathon that I did three months ago, and then two minutes faster than the Hartford half marathon I did last year at this time. So the same time, I put the same training in, like where I really build up for a fast. My goal is to get a fast half marathon in the fall. The spring half marathons, like dust off the cobwebs from the winter. I do continue running throughout the winter, but it's definitely less intense. I'm not building up too much long runs. I'm not building up too much speed work. So that first half marathon in the spring is kind of like, okay, let's set yourself, you know, where am I going to be this year? And then the fall, when the weather gets cooler, it's like a perfect time in the Northeast. We have hot weather and then it just drops, temperature drops. So you can usually run a fast half marathon in the fall. If you guys are in the Northeast, let me know, do you guys do the same thing? Do you always look for a fast fall race time, whether it's a half marathon, a marathon, or a 5K? But as I was running this race, and as I kind of reflected on it in this last week, I said, how did this happen, right? So what are the things, why do I think this occurred? And I thought some of these tips will be helpful for you. Because there might be some things that I implemented this year that could have helped me as a runner. And I know we're all looking for ways to improve. And for me, I want to increase my speed because I always like to challenge myself. I'm that type of person that I need a challenge in order to improve. If I master something, then I go on to the next level, right? So for example, this podcast, if you go back to the first episode, you will hear probably it sounds a lot different than it does now. Another example, my YouTube channel. So the YouTube channel has been growing. We have like 160 videos, I believe, just for runners. And at Spark Your Training, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, please check out the five-minute warm-up video. I think that will really help you out to prime your body before your run. So you need to check out that video. And that's the video that I'm going to use as like the gold standard. So if you see that video and you're like, wow, this is pretty good production value, I think it is. I will take a little credit for that. And my assistant, Allie, as well, she's helped out greatly. But if you look at some of the first videos that I put on YouTube, and it's like funny, I almost feel ashamed when I give these to my clients because I, I know exactly where every exercise is. I have the links all categorized. So I might give an exercise to one of my clients that I'm working with on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And I, I even say to them, I'm like, yeah, just ignore the quality of this video. This was in the beginning and I had no clue what I was doing on YouTube. There was actually some videos that were vertical. 
So, you know, the sides were cut off. Let me know if you know what I'm talking about. When you see a video on YouTube and it's like vertical, you're like, what is this amateur doing, right? So I actually have some videos on YouTube like that. So I see my growth in YouTube as, again, a growing, right? It can always improve. I'm always looking for ways to improve. And that evolution is like part of the journey. So for us as runners, the evolution of running is part of the journey. So for me, my goals are to get back some of my speed that I have from my PR times, which was basically five years ago. So 2015, I actually, I don't know how I did this, but I actually ran a 133 half marathon. So it was somewhat of a little blip. 135 was the next fastest time. So the time I actually ran last week is 144. So I have a ways to go. So I don't share my times to brag by any means. Just so you guys know, it's to really put things in perspective. I am definitely not the fastest runner and I know I'm not the slowest runner, but my goals for me personally, my running goals are to improve my speed so I can see if I can get back to when I was 35 years old, right? So when I'm 41, 42, 43, 44, I'm curious to see can I get back my speed to when I was 35 years old? The other important thing to keep in mind is I'm looking to do this in a healthy way. So I'm not looking to do this to break my body and to just like take my body to the nth degree limits and just basically beat a time to beat a time. Like I want to do this the right way in a healthy way so I don't feel like that. So I'm on my phone right now, so this might be hard to see comments, guys, so I apologize if I don't see your comment, but let me just get Rachel's comment real quick before it goes away. Um, she feels that way about yoga classes. The first handful are not great. Isn't that true, Rachel? And I'm sure you've seen your evolution. Like, I know you have some great content for runners where you produce some great kind of condensed yoga classes that people can implement into their practice. And I'm sure you've become more efficient, right? And the quality and even, you know, simple things as audio or video or angles, right? So even for my videos here on Facebook, you'll see if you go back to the beginning Monday Night Spark, like they were super dark. So now I got a little bit of lighting. However, the lighting right now, my phone doesn't look great. I see like shadows right now. So I will be looking to improve these angles next week, right? So Kat says that she solved that problem by starting running when she was over 40. So exactly, Kat, but you're still looking to improve, right? You just ran your first marathon without pain, right? So that was the first time you did that. And that is your goal. So all of us have different running goals. For me, I guess I'm putting this in context as I share these 10 tips. This is why I'm sharing them. It's not for bragging purposes that I ran a fast half marathon in four years, but it's, this is how I want to improve and improve myself as a runner. And I think that's probably why we're all here, right? That's why we're listening. Hopefully, right? I, I know it's not for the entertainment value. I know it's not for the tie, right? You're listening because you want to improve your quality of life as a runner and then you're correlating, if I improve my running, then my life improves, right? Your mood improves. Maybe you feel better about yourself. Maybe your relationships get better, right? With your significant other. Maybe you're able to be more productive in studying or in your work life. So, right, we know all the benefits of running and that's why we're doing this. So I feel like, I felt like, I just wanted to kind of put that into context for tonight's live. All right, so I'm going to be breaking down the fastest half marathon in four-year strategy. 
So these are not in any particular order, by the way. I'm just going to kind of jot out some points that honestly, I just rattled off the top of my head last week. So the first thing that I noticed, guys, is strength training. How important strength training in order to run is. So during COVID, all gyms shut down, right? So I made that decision right away. As soon as our gym shut down, I literally was like, you know what? I got to find equipment in my house to be able to work out of my house because I went on Amazon. I could not buy a kettlebell. I could not buy a dumbbell. I couldn't buy anything. So I looked around my house, scoured my basement, found a bucket, found bricks, found my mall axe, which was like eight pounds, I believe, found a sledgehammer, and I started being creative. I had a couple of bands and designing workouts for runners to do in their homes. And we call that the Spark Fitness Program. And we did that for three months live on a private Facebook group within Zoom and recorded that. And I really feel like those three months were such great foundational building blocks for my running that happened the six months after that. Because those workouts I really designed to focus on the areas that I was probably neglecting in the gym when my gym was open. The prime areas I'm talking is core, working the muscles that I usually forget about, the stabilizers. And I know, you know, what I design for my runners and what I give them, but knowing and doing are two different things, right? So sometimes, even though I know it, it's not exactly what I wind up doing. So this program really forced me because I was held accountable three times a week to jump on there live for my group who really believed in me to do the Spark Fitness program to keep them healthy during the months of COVID and lockdown and gyms being closed. So I had to show up there, jump on live every morning, 6 a.m. I was ready to go. So I did that three times a week and I really added in special exercises for runners. So it was really running specific and it was very detailed in terms of strength training, stability work, balance work, and then we did foam rolling and stretching at the end too. So it's a very comprehensive program. So by the way, keep your eyes peeled. Within the next month or two, I'm really been working hard, guys, to put this together for you, the runner, to be able to learn what you need to implement as a runner in terms of strength training. So whether or not you do it in your home or in your gym. So like this morning, I did my Monday workout in my gym, but I was doing the exercises and some of them were new ones that I started doing during Spark Fitness because I was doing research, guys. You don't understand. I was like finding the best exercises for runners and I really added them into this program. So strength training, tip number one, super important. Also adding in, got to give a shout out for plyometric training and really kind of setting the foundation to tolerate the demands of the speed work and the increased mileage I'm going to talk about later that came. So that was the foundation. So establishing that foundation during that three months of lockdown, I think was super, super helpful. Point number two, running doesn't need to be painful. So I've had my history of hamstring tendinopathy that I shared in this group. That was my first running related injury. So now we are actually coming up guys on my 10 year anniversary of being a runner. So I started running in 2011. So that was my first year running after I got hip arthroscopy for a labral tear in my hip. 
And after that, my surgeon said, don't ever run on the treadmill because I was one of those treadmill runners just to do it for cardio as part of my workouts. He said, go outside. I went outside, never looked back, fell in love with running, been doing it since, right? So it's coming up on 10 years now. And that was my first running related injury after my surgery was hamstring tendinopathy. I've had patellofemoral pain or runner's knee. I've had shin pain. I've had posterior tip tendon pain. I've had pain on the inside of my ankle. So I've had pretty much all the running related injuries you guys have had. And now that I've found the, the way to train in order to run and to do the specific prehab exercises that helps keep those things at bay, like I did today in the gym, my eccentric hamstring Nordic curl exercise, which is I think the best exercise for runners to help prevent hamstring pain and problems in the future. I do those once a week, right? So dedicated once a week eccentric training to my hamstring muscles to build up the strength and resiliency to prevent pain. So running doesn't need to be painful. And I think there are still many runners out there who feel like if I go into a marathon or a half marathon training cycle, that means I'm going to wind up getting pain. And you know what? I just need to deal with it, suck it up buttercup and be able to run. And then after my race, I can just shut down running and then I'll heal from my injury. There is a better way. So you don't need to be injured. So I went through this whole period and I ran my fastest half marathon in four years without suffering an injury at all. So I think that's pretty remarkable and you don't need to either, right? So I was that injured runner. I was you. And I had the stubborn aches and pains, but I didn't have to have that this year. That's point number two. That's one thing that I really kind of reiterated and learned this past week. Point three, foot orthotics. Have you guys heard of them? So they're the little arch supports. I wish I can grab my shoe right now and show you my orthotics and my sneakers, but I have been an orthotic wearer ever since college. One of my professors fitted me for orthotics. And I've been wearing orthotics ever since because I'm an overpronator. I have flatter arches for those of you that don't know what that means. I was always in orthotics. The one thing that I did learn is that you may not need orthotics all the time. What do I mean by that? I used to do all of my training, strength training, running in my orthotics. I still run in my orthotics. However, my strength training because of COVID, I kind of gave the whole barefoot training thing a try. I figured I was in my house, you know what? I've heard a lot, I've read a lot in the literature about barefoot training, not specifically running. I'm not sure if I agree with running barefoot unless you were able to actually gradually wean up. And most of us runners are impatient and can't gradually wean our running up to tolerate the demands of barefoot running. But training your body and strength training barefoot helps to develop the stability in your deep foot muscles and your ankle muscles. So I trialed that out during the three months and with the progressive program I designed, I was able to allow my body to adapt. So then when my gym opened up, I went back into the gym and I wore sneakers, but I did not wear my orthotics. So now I work out in a lower heel drop sneaker closer to the ground to mimic somewhat barefoot. So I don't have like the vibrant shoes or anything like that, but it is a lower profile sneaker that I wear. And when I was doing all my exercise this morning, so a lot of single leg stability, right? You have to train on one leg. Doing those exercises, my deep foot muscles were kicking in and stabilizing my whole body. So the stronger those are, the better and more efficient you are as a runner. 
and that will help prevent some of the fatigue and the pain that you can get from ankle tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendinopathy, or tendonitis. You might not need orthotics all the time. That is the lesson that I'm learning earlier in my career. I kind of had the mindset of you see someone with flat feet, you correct it. Now I'm a lot more conservative in actually prescribing orthotics to my runners. I actually look at everything else first and we address the strength issues up either at the hip muscles or at the foot and ankle muscles. And then once we address those, if we still have symptoms, then I go orthotic route. It's never like this is going to be the quick fix and I put you in orthotics and everything is corrected. There is a balance. So for those of you who are longtime orthotic wearers like myself, I would number one recommend spend time out of your orthotics, whether it's standing, walking in your house, doing exercises so you kick in those stabilizer muscles. And then also you need to work the mobility in your foot and ankle because your foot and ankle can get stiff from being in that corrected position all the time. So that's tip number three, get out of your orthotics. Maybe don't wear them all of the time. Tip four, or the fourth thing that I learned during this fastest half marathon that I have had in the last four years is Garmin. So this was the first time I actually invested in a Garmin, right? So this is my first Garmin watch. So I was Apple watch wearer. I love Apple watches for pretty much during my everyday work day. It syncs great with my Mac, with my phone, get my text, all that stuff. It's overall a better watch. However, for running, especially the hard workouts that we're going to talk about in races, it was just unreliable. So for those of you who have the one with the navigation, you guys are a little fancier than me. So I got the iWatch probably like when they first came out before they actually had the GPS on it. So it was always unreliable though. Even if I had my phone on me, my times weren't reliable. My splits weren't reliable for my speed work. So I wasn't getting data that was really true and accurate. So I would recommend if you did want to take your running to the next level by investing in something like a Garmin that will give you a little bit more specific data from your workout so you can track your performance and track it over time. So I do think that was helpful for this last year. Number five is follow a plan. So whether or not you have a running coach or not, I am a big fan of having a running coach. And I share this last week on last week's episode, but I did become certified as a running coach through RCA this um, year. And I learned a lot of principles that go into the science of designing running. And there is a science to it to kind of gradually build up and periodization and when you should add certain runs in. Hopefully more of that content I will share with you as we go along but it was actually the first time I actually put my running workouts into a run specific program. So the program that I've invested in is called Final Surge. And that is a program that a lot of run coaches use. And that program, I've, I've really enjoyed using it, having the accountability of my workouts right in there. I literally wake up in the morning and the first thing I see is a text message of what my running workout is for the day. So that helps keep me accountable. It really puts me on a plan. It's on a calendar so I can see from the big picture perspective of what am I running this month? How does it build up each week? See my weekly mileage and making sure that I'm progressively increasing it. So I design my own plan, right? Like I do for my clients that I work with one-on-one. -on -one. I just did that for myself and pretended I was my own client and based upon my needs and having that whole big picture of a plan, I think was super helpful. 
So follow a plan. Fifth tip, you can get plans off the internet and some of those are great and it might be great for you depending upon what your goals are. But if you are really looking to increase speed, it really depends upon the plan. The other point I will make because I just talked to another runner today is the Garmin plans are super hard. So depending upon your level of fitness, some of those plans may not be right for you. So if you are like most of us, kind of the average Joe runner, and or a novice, a beginner, it might be something that is too challenging for your level of fitness. The other app I used to use before my Garmin was RunKeeper, and that's Asics product. They do not sponsor the podcast. Maybe they should. But I did like that as a free app. So those of you who are looking for free apps, I used that for many years. So my first like eight years of running, I used RunKeeper. Those plans in there were like super hard. Like I would totally not agree with for pretty much 90% of you listening to this. So you have to really kind of take it with a grain of salt where the plan is coming from. But following a plan can be super helpful. All right, tip number six, or the sixth thing I learned is speed work matters and it matters how you do it. So based upon your level of fitness and then it matters what type of speed work. Myself as a novice runner, I looked at speed work and I would do repeat 100s, like literally run down the straightaway of a track and I would repeat that because I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, you know what? I see these people run on TV track. They do the 100 meter dash. Let me do the 100 meter dash. It will probably really help me get faster as a runner. That is not necessarily the case, right? So if you are running the longer events, definitely half marathon, marathon, there's no point in you ever doing repeat 100s and there's no point in you ever doing repeat 400s unless you are at that elite status and you're doing longer intervals and shorter interval workouts in your work week. So if you're going to qualify for Boston and you want to be a Boston qualifier, then yes, you will do those shorter intervals. But if you are kind of the recreational runner, like most of us, and most likely the greatest benefit to improving your stamina in those longer events, like a half marathon that I just ran, is to do long interval sessions. So basically doing repeat 1200, so three laps around the track or repeat miles. That is gonna help improve your stamina more so than doing repeat 400s or repeat 800s. So that was something that I implemented this year for the first time. I used to actually do repeat 400s and 800s for my half marathon training. So this year was the first time I did 1200s and then I built up to repeat miles. So my last three weeks of my training was repeat miles. So those workouts are pretty darn grueling because it got up to like a total of eight miles that I was out there doing track workouts because I repeated it like six times. That was definitely hard workout. Think about speed work matters if you're looking to improve speed in your half marathons. If this is your first half marathon, first marathon, do not worry about speed work whatsoever. Focus on building your mileage, so your total weekly volume of running, and focus on building your long runs. All right, we are up to tip number seven community support. This past year, I have really seen the benefit of community support. Traditionally, my roots as a runner was I was solo man. I was like the individual guy. I only ran by myself. And every time I went to a race, I was just by myself. I didn't even look at other people. I didn't even wave to other people. I didn't talk to other people. I was like in the zone, right? And I was just like solo guy. 
So the last couple of years, I have definitely begin to interact more with our running community and see people that I would always see at my local road races and I would talk to them, say hi to them. And then we started this Healthy Runner community about a year and a half ago. And many of you I met up with at local road races and we started doing dynamic warmups together. And those are the things that really helped. And then this past year with COVID happening, doing the Spark Fitness program in our homes for three months, like, we got to know each other, right, LaToya, right, Kat, like, Lou, like, we got to know each other very well, right? We were seeing each other in Zoom at 6 a.m., working out with sledgehammers and mall axes and bucket of bricks, and we got to know each other very well. And then over the summer, we did the Spark Your Soul race series. We did a 5K, 10K, half marathon virtually, and we really got to know each other well, those that were running those races together. We created that community. And then we did our Team Healthy Runner, our first Team Healthy Runner training group, right, with Coach Latoya and I. And we really had a great group of people in that community. So creating that community can be helpful. So first off, if you're listening to this, you are a part of the Healthy Runner community. Whether you're listening to this on Facebook or you're listening to this on the podcast, you are part of the community. So you always have here for you. So if you ever need support, you ever need like little motivation, like let us know, drop a post in Facebook, we will keep you motivated. Or open up Go to that topics tab I was telling you about in the Healthy Runner Facebook group. There's actually a motivation tab. So any posts that have been motivational by anyone who's posted within our group, I've actually tagged those posts as being like, you know what? This can inspire some people to kind of get out the door and go running today. So those are motivation posts. But also in your local communities, find running groups, find running clubs. Like we have great ones here in Connecticut. I know a lot of runners that I've helped are part of these running clubs and running groups, and they are super, super motivational to kind of keep you moving forward. And for me, creating this kind of healthy runner community and our team healthy runner, like having that sense of community and that local support and us doing long runs on Saturdays really kept me accountable and also motivated me to not miss a run. And that's what that sense of community can do for you. So find your local running group, or next time we run the Team Healthy Runner, even if you're not in Connecticut, we had folks who were all over the country that were in this program, and we kept you kind of accountable and motivated by giving you the plan through Final Surge, by having our private Facebook group, and Coach Latoya was dropping posts every day to keep us motivated and inspired. So sense of community is very important to kind of keep you motivated and inspired. Tip number eight. So this is the eighth tip or the eighth thing that I learned is you need to race before the race. So you have a race on your calendar, but you have to race before the race. So in the weeks leading up to the Hartford Virtual Half Marathon, two weeks before I ran the 2.62 race that the Hartford Half Marathon folks ran at Bib Pickup. So that was around Rentschler Field. Lou and I ran that race together. And that was a timed event. So that was actually nice to actually put out a hard effort, see how fast you could run 2.62 miles. And that was a race. The weekend before the half marathon, we also ran a local 5K. And again, that was actually an in-person race. And to actually put out a hard effort and get your body used to kind of race 
and putting yourself in that scenario is good to number one, push yourself a little harder than you normally would in training, and then also help you calm the nerves that you're gonna have for your ultimate goal race. So again, if you're running a half marathon, you should definitely, definitely run a 5K and a 10K during your training cycle leading up to that half marathon. If you're running a marathon, you definitely need to run a half marathon race during that training cycle. Because again, it will just get those practice reps under your belt of actually running a race, thinking about how are you going to hydrate? How are you going to fuel? How are, what are you going to do pre-race, post-race, right? It's kind of like the, I don't know what you call it, the practice reps or your practice wings. You're like in, you're in the batter's box, possibly, or you're on deck waiting to go in the batter's box. Forgetting my baseball references here now that my Yankees are out of it. You're on deck waiting to go in the batter's box. You're getting your practice reps or... You know, this is like the dress rehearsal. So I come from a little dance background. This is like the dress rehearsal before the big show, before the big recital. So that's your dress rehearsal. So those other races are the dress rehearsal before the big event. So make sure you get those practice reps in and actually race before the race. All right, ninth tip, ninth point is going to be to fuel and hydrate properly. I've been refining this over the years. I've been sharing these tips within our Facebook community and on the Healthy Runner podcast. We had multiple episodes on proper nutrition and hydration. So three that I can think off the top of my head. We had Julia Wirth on, registered dietitian. We had Matt Bach on from UCAN. And we also had, oh my goodness, Crank Sports. So we had Mike Matthewson on from Crank Sports to talk about gels and proper hydration and fueling for your races. So we've had three episodes. So if you haven't checked those out, check those out on the podcast. But I've been refining my fueling and hydration before my run. And I put it into practice during my long runs prior to the half marathon. And I feel like that element, so what I eat and what I hydrate the day, two days before the actual race as well as what I did on the day of the event is like, I pretty much got it down now for what my body needs. And everyone's different. So you're all different. Like what works for me is not going to work for you. Um, You need to actually practice that and find out how to fuel and hydrate properly because those are super, super important for you meeting your race goals. All right, guys, 10th thing that I learned. The last tip here is going to be It's almost like what I do as a clinician. So as a physical therapist, when you come in my clinic here, what do I do? No matter if it's your first visit or your second visit, your sixth visit, I'm going to test you and then I'm going to treat you. We're going to do some specific manual therapy techniques or exercises. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to reassess you. So I'm going to test, I'm going to retest, and then I'm going to test again. And that is what you need to do with your running. So you need to actually put it into practice. You need to have a strategy and then you wind up racing and then you reflect on it like I have done here with these 10 tips and then you you change it, you modify it, right? So you kind of perfect it. Like I mentioned about my fueling and my hydration over the last couple of years and I feel like I really got that down to a science now. That's what you need to do. And your first half marathon will not be your fastest that you ever run. And your first marathon won't be your fastest either, right? So we get better 
And that's the whole purpose of this is some of these tips I want to share with you and what I learned and how I improved this past year, even during a global pandemic. So you got to test, reassess and test again. You will get better with practice and preparing and executing at a race and it will take time to perfect. So you won't get it right from the get go. So patience is key. You are in this for the long run. Because if you're listening to this, you're not a one-hit wonder. You're not just looking to run one half marathon. You're not just looking to run one marathon. You're not just looking to run one 5K, right? You're in this to actually have a healthier life and to be able to run so you can feel good about yourself again. All right, what I want to share with you guys before I sign off for today is next week we have an epic interview alert. So Shan runs across America. So I don't know if you've heard about this yet, but Shan Riggs, um, local Connecticut guy, he decided to actually do what most of us may have thought about doing. Most of us think about driving across the country, seeing different sites of the country. Um, Shan decided to run across the whole country. So he started his epic journey in September And he's gone from San Francisco. He's more than halfway back home to Connecticut. He's going to be in Chicago very soon. And I had the pleasure of talking with him. He's agreed to come on the podcast next week within our Healthy Runner Facebook community, Monday night, 8 p.m. And we're going to ask him about his journey. Any questions you have for Shan about running? Literally, he is running 40 miles every single day. I have a lot of questions for him. I'm sure you guys will as well. And we're going to hear about the great cause that he's actually running for and collecting money for food share, which helps distribute food to food pantries across our local communities. And now more than ever during this difficult time, We need this amazing organization to help out our communities. So join the conversation next week live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. And you can ask Shan your questions about what his experience has been like running through like America. So I've seen some of his posts on Instagram and it is pretty neat to see some of these things. So I'm pumped to talk to him about some of those things. Before I go, I'm going to leave it up to you guys. If you have any questions regarding these 10 tips about how to run your fastest half marathon in four years or the strategies that I've learned and reflected upon this past week, really, since I ran my half marathon, drop it in the comment box. Otherwise, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And uh, this is the last Monday Night Spark in my 40s. So next week, I will be another year older. And if I said anything today, that resonated with you and you think these tips can be helpful for other runners like you and I and want to run into our 40s and our 50s and beyond, right? Hit the like, hit the love button, give me some love, give me some love for the uh, happy birthday tie here and hopefully this will help show up in more runners' news feeds as they pop open Facebook right now and uh, see what's going on on the socials, right? This would be a lot better to see than a lot of the other things going on in the world. Wouldn't you agree, right? Wouldn't you agree a little bit more positivity, a little bit more motivation, a little bit more kindness? Um, I think we all need that right now, right? So thank you guys again for jumping on here. And if you listen to this on the replay, thank you for my hashtag team replay runners. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, thank you so much for listening. The growth in the podcast has been amazing. 
Remember, I love to hear feedback from you. So don't just listen on the podcast. First off, make sure you're subscribing on the podcast so Apple iTunes or Spotify knows that this podcast is worth listening to and it can recommend it to other runners who are searching for things to listen to during their runs. But also reach out, connect with me on Facebook, connect with me on Instagram, send me a DM, like let me know you're listening. Um, I love to hear your stories and seeing how this content is helping you in your runs. So make sure you connect at Spark Your Training on Instagram, at Spark Your Training on YouTube. You will find 160 videos just for you, the runner. Remember every Monday night, guys, we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group around 8 o'clock. When we have technical difficulties, it's a little bit later, like it was tonight. So I apologize, but keep us in mind your schedule. And I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you again. Stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running into our 41st year and beyond. Bye, guys. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features, including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to the sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say, and I read all of them, and it means a lot to me. The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at Spark Your Training. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump, I'll get a bump, and most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. Thanks for listening.